Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. All right, I wanted to show you that uh, video again to uh, introduce this week. Just for Danny and Chris, this is going to be a longer, longer talk at the beginning, short one in the middle, and longer one at the end. It'll have some symmetry, just like the... Uh, just like the sound. So I, I didn't want to let this pass. And also, welcome. It's lovely to see you. Thanks for turning out. Uh, especially mums and dads who have to get their kids up and uh, be here for 10. Thanks. I appreciate it. Those days were a long time ago for us, but I do know what it takes. A special thanks to you today. Uh, you are a loved and appreciated. Um, also to our, our extended audience, which I told you last week has expanded throughout the world, welcome. So, um, I want to tie three talks together today, as I said, a longer one here, a shorter one in the middle, and a longer one at the end with some videos to work with them. And this business of cymatic sound, every, every time I watch this video, I am drawn with fascination to the fact that the ancients were all over this principle like a rash. And there are so many things even about the Bible that I see now that I never used to see uh, because I was too locked into taking the Bible and squeezing it into uh, a predetermined shape that I had been told was how you do it. And now I see such richness in, in that and also some other uh, truths that are revealed um, because G Genesis chapter 1, whether you see it or not, is like a cymatic video with words. You have all this stuff and suddenly it begins to take shape and take pattern and the question's not whether they were suggesting in writing uh, those texts in Genesis that all things came about in the six literal days, which I personally don't believe that is the point of the, the message anyway, um, but... but, but but it's not even just about how things took form and shape and life, but why. I think Genesis is a why. The why was that sound came into the equation. And when sound worked with sand, something amazing happened. And that's why it says then in Genesis, here Genesis through that lens, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God said, see, it might be an ancient way of writing, but they wrote more through the medium of story than they did that we would understand now as scientific paper. That's how they expressed themselves, mostly with story. And so, so things began by the, and God said, and then and God saw. So what happens is sound produces something that you see, something that's visible. It produces something that's matter, and things began to take shape. So one might say, what shape is determined by which words? Because the whole context then of Genesis chapter 1 is different shapes 
are being formed by different words. Now, what I would say to you, this might be ancient writing, but it's giving you a lesson. Different shapes of life are formed by different words received in life. And the shape of our life is more determined by the words in our life than we give credit for. See, if, if the sound that you hear determines the form that you take, it may be more important to determine what sound you are hearing than you ever imagined. And we are not careful in a world full of noise which sound we are hearing, but every sound will create a shape in your life. So if some of you look at the shape of your life and think, why are things this way? I would say start looking at the sounds that you are listening to in your life because they are shaping you this way. And some of those sounds are, of course, what comes from within, what your own mind begins to manufacture and tells you. And we're going to witness some examples of this this morning. Uh, as, we, as we go through. Um, it's always pleasurable to see something take shape, isn't it? Uh, I mean, I find it, I find it very uh, relaxing to watch those shapes begin as the sound comes on the board in the cymatic video. And it's always pleasurable in our own life when we get be at the point where we can watch some shape emerging, some shape coming from what is the sound of our life. So, so this relationship between sound and sand and sound and form really interests me. Firstly, because it undeniably exists in the first place. Right? You can't get away from this, it exists. Secondly, because of the distinct patterns and the fact that they're always symmetrical. Now that's important, I'm going to show you that as we go through. You know what a symmetrical pattern is? It's where both sides of the pattern equal each other. They are a reflection of the other. And so much of miracle in life is symmetrical. And that science says to me that, that sound is somewhere working here to create that miracle of the symmetrical pattern and shape. And thirdly, because I genuinely wonder if sound, cell, sound on cells has the same effect as sound on sand. I, I am tempted, I'll use a very soft word, to believe that what we would term as miracle is more often than not attached to sound because sound affects cells in the same way that sound affects sand. I don't know if you know it, but even outside of the arena of, of church or religious belief, that, that doctors will tell you that, that people are more healthy and recover quicker and more miraculously when there is something positive being heard, being, being spoken, being released. And I, in my own life, have, have exposed myself in times where I knew that I was not well at all to listening to scriptures, Bible verses about healing on a constant basis in the background. And uh, sometimes I've moved away from that, but always found that somehow that began to create health within me. Now, is that because there's magic words that you have to have to do that? Or is that because the right sound imposed upon the cells produces something, gives form and shape and symmetry and health and healing. So I would ask you today, what is it that you're listening to outside you and inside you? Because it is having a massive effect on the shape and symmetry of your life. We might be human at cellular level, but we're also spiritual at soul level. So we have to take that into account. We're actually only one being, but there is the material and the non-material all making us 
up. And that made me ask the question from observing the result of cymatic pattern, why pattern? Why is the importance of pattern and symmetry? What is the importance of pattern and symmetry? And as I thought about the relationship between sound and symmetry, something immediately popped into my mind. And it was from the prayer of Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, which again, you might say, why is it so in code? Well, that's how you spoke in those days. That's how you put things poetically, dramatically. That's why Jesus used parables instead of Bible scriptures to get through to the people what he wanted them to understand. And so it brought my mind to this. Listen, your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So it exists in heaven, it exists in earth. The symmetry is those two working together. The sound making those two become one and providing a symmetry. There's the symmetry on earth as it is in heaven. There's the pattern, symmetry between heaven and earth, between the seen and the unseen. If the symmetry is inseparably connected to sound and sound is to do with listening, then we probably need to do much more listening. You know, it saddens me sometimes when what's going on in a person's mobile phone seems more important to listening to words that could actually shift the sand to provide some symmetry and produce life. But the real key to listening, if you, the real key is listening if you want your son to take shape in the beauty of the symmetry of as it is in earth, so it is in heaven. As in heaven, so in earth. And listening is tough because I appreciate there's lots of noise going on. And we, we probably don't saturate our souls enough with the right sound and don't realize how necessary that is. And that's why I continue to do what I do and put out what I put out, not because I want to do preaching, but because I want to try and at least give some sound that might shift some sand and create some symmetry and bring some newness. That's why I do it. That's why I'm trying to do it today. <coughs> I still believe in the miraculous, and I think it shows up in many places and in many forms. And doesn't always appear obvious, just as it doesn't always appear obvious what might be happening as we sit and listen to the sound today. But it always transforms. So that's my first talk. I'll get back onto this after we've done another few things. Is it possible to watch that and not be moved? <laughs> you know, it's, I've, I've seen it so, so many times, and there are many versions of it. But every time, it's incredibly moving. See, being, being deaf, even partially deaf, creates a disconnection from the world around you like you would not believe. Any who've struggled with deafness will understand this. For much of my life, I struggled with deafness in one ear, and for most of that time, I was not just getting up and doing my little gig here, but I was playing the piano, I was leading worship, we were doing major productions, and much of that time, I was struggling because even just the loss of one ear changes everything, and there were times, if the other ear was bad, that I literally felt so inside myself that the world was out here, 
And I was trapped in a cave, looking out of that cave. See, what I'm trying to get through to you, even by showing this, there is a spiritual dimension that if you can't hear, you'll be stuck inside. You, you, some of you think, I don't even know what's going on. I don't know how to relate to what's going on. Because like those people, you're not hearing yet. You're not hearing, and there is a sound for humanity that I believe comes out, however you want to call heaven or whatever, it comes, it comes out of the source of all things, that when you hear it, you have the same response as those people there. See, I, I'm party to the same miracle of technology that's witnessed in that video. For those of you who don't know, I have a titanium implant in my skull on this left side and a very expensive piece of kit that processes sound and I hear on that side through vibrations in my skull. And it's the same technology that, that these guys with the cochlear implant, they're one step further on than me and that they have to have a wire that goes past the ear into the cochlear in order for that sound to make sense. But it's this miracle of I get vibrations in my skull and by those vibrations, sound words take shape, form takes shape and I, I hear. And Chris laughs because I have a little machine on the TV that if I double press my my thing in my head, I can watch the TV and you think, why is he watching the TV in silence? But I'm not, I've got full volume and full clarity, but I'm listening, I call it, I'm listening in my head. So I'll say to Chris, don't worry, I'm listening in my head. So I know what it feels like, to some degree, to experience that. But let me also talk about the problem of noise. Noise is the thing that drowns out the clarity of sound, and we live in a noisy world. Every wife will tell you, listening is not necessarily hearing. Is that true? What a wife means when she says, you're not listening to me, doesn't mean the sound of the words are not reaching you. It means that you're not actually hearing. You've not, you've not activated that something that turns sound into hearing. And the miracle is not just the sound. The sound is when you hear the sound. And that's what all this is about. It's about ways that make us hear the sound. And whatever it is spiritually, dynamically, that puts the implant in your spiritual head that allows you not just to listen but hear the sound, that's what makes the difference and will move your emotions because suddenly you will have a born-again experience. See, it's truly hearing which makes sound distinguishable from noise. And to do that, you must listen. You must really listen. See, what I want is to see your emotions show the evidence of someone realizing for the first time, I can actually hear. All right, let's just do one more little session to uh, try and wrap up, make sense of what we've been talking about. I think that Cruz video is brilliant. Uh, well worth the watch, the whole movie. And uh, for those of you with daughters, the idea at the end of having the hollowed out um, <laughs> log to put on the boyfriend, I think is a fantastic idea and would recommend you uh, start taking measurements now and have one prepared. We'll keep their hands to themselves then. Um, it is don't you find it interesting, I do, that 
Um, if you get the parable mentality in you, not the thing locked in Scripture, how you can see God in all things, how you can hear life coming from all things. And, and I think this Crudes video is brilliant. It, but in, in, in the Gospel of the Crudes, change begins by one thing, leaving the cave. What a brilliant, brilliant gospel message. You could just sit there, think about that, talk about that, about leaving the cave is essential to finding the life that we all look for. Now, Grug, who's the dad, he's the miserable one who's trying to control everything. If you watch the thing, he's all about the safety of the cave in a narrative dominated by intimidation, fear, and death. I sadly think that what institutionalized Christianity has done, it has trained up and released lots of grugs into the church, whose sole understanding of the gospel is the safety of the cave. Get in the church, get into this, it's the only way you'll be safe, and it's dominated by intimidation, fear, and death. And sadly, you guys are very blessed. Because most of the time, the pressure that you'd be getting now would be the intimidation of fear and guilt and death to bring you into conformity. And then we give you a little experience that I'm not going to talk about this morning. I'll get into trouble again. And Grug uses the sound of threat, condemnation, inevitability, guilt and shame. And it seems to equal safety, but what it really equals is trap. And the trouble is most of these things in our lives, all they end up equaling is trapped. Until it takes some young whippersnapper called boy, <laughs> I took a lot of thinking, to come along and bring a different story. I actually believe that we have most of the time done Jesus a disservice because we squeeze Jesus into the Jewish story and by doing that, the whole idea of being in the cave, being in the tribe, threat, condemnation, inevitability, guilt and shame remain. But then along came boy, but we called him Jesus, who said, you are not safe in the cave. All of that really equals trapped. And I want to try and do something that you will hear a sound that will break the pattern and rewrite your story. trouble is actually most of us don't want our story rewriting. We only want it editing. Which is a big difference because an edit is simply, oh, I'd just like to change that bit. I'd just like to change that bit. But you see, that's why life still gets stuck because what we need is a rewrite of our story. Not just one time, but every day a rewrite of our story, a new page. Every day new mercies, as the Bible talks about, is saying new story. Notice what happens in the video when they think the end of the story has been reached. So Grug tells his story, and you know where his story finishes, and died. And when Boy starts to tell his story, it's interesting that when he gets to the point where they stand on the edge of the thing, 
Uh, Grug says, he, he adds in his voice in the background, and died, and they all are ready to get up and walk away, because they now think and are programmed to believe that that's just inevitably going to be the end of the story, and they're all ready to leave. But we all want a story, really, where, and then they all died is not the end. But sadly, if you don't break the pattern that most of us live in, and then they all died, is the way it ends. I can finish your story. I can finish today's story for you. I can finish the story of relationship and life, and then they all died. But you see, this parable to me says we're looking for another story, but we have to make room for what boy says. We really all want a story that lets us fly into tomorrow. We want a story that vibrates our sand into beautiful symmetric patterns. We don't always want to finish up back in the cave, yet most often we do. So, and that's to do with the sound. It's to do with the story we hear and the story we tell ourselves and the story we think we're being told. To me, if the gospel preached does not equip us to fly into tomorrow, it's not the true gospel and it's not the truth of the Christ. Isn't it interesting? News and the gospel, gospel means good news, is something you hear. So even the very thing that we proclaim as being a doorway to what it is we're looking for is actually something you hear. It's good news. But the problem is so also is the other news on social media and on TV and in the pub and in society. And all of that is vying for the place in your life and it's all arranging your sand accordingly. Now, just like the story in Grugs, this, this story should take you to the edge. The real story should always take you to the edge. And that's not the place we like to live but it's the only place from which you can fly. That's why Jesus got into trouble. He was always taking them to the edge, always taking them to the edge, always taking them to the edge, which means that you have two options, fall and die or fly. should take you to the edge, which is the best place from which to fly, but not push you over the edge. See, I've tried to avoid in these latter years of my ministry, because I've got a little wear on my shoes right now, I've tried to avoid what used to be the objective, which was bring them to the edge and push them over the edge. Because the more decisions you can make, the more bums on seats you can get, the more people who give you accolades, you've succeeded. But you see, I realize now that was more about pushing people over the edge, and most of them didn't fly. I'm not into that anymore. But I do want to bring you to the edge to where the possibility of flying and not dying is what is open to you. See, there's, there's a very interesting statement in the Bible that connects the vital ingredient called faith with sound. And this, this came up in my mind on Friday. And it just echoed around me. And it's Romans 10 verse 7. It says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Paul here writing connects faith and sound. But, but he says it in a way that you might not grasp very readily for two reasons. Number one, because you might not be able to make head and tail of the Bible, and that's okay, I get that. The other one is because you don't know Greek. 
But you see, if we were listening to this as Greek people, we would be hearing, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the, and then it would use a Greek word, which is the Greek word rhema, R-H-E-M-A. Now you see, the Greeks had two words for word, we only have one word. They had the word logos, which means every word, the general word, the whole sound, and rhema, which means that thing that you hear that is particular to you and makes a difference in you when you hear it. It's a bit like me saying to you, I love you guys, but me saying to Chris when we snuggled up in bed, I love you, Chris. See, it's the same words, I love you, but it means two different things because I'm not going to snuggle up in bed with you guys, okay? Even if you want me to, I'm just not going to do it. But you see, that same word, I love you, means a different thing when I speak it to all of you than it does when I speak it to Chris. And what it means here, that faith comes when you hear that, come into your spirit, your soul, your being. When you hear that, that this is what God, the universe, all things are saying to you, Christ, the word of Christ, you get that word, it says something happens, faith comes. See, the problem is the logos can be just noise, that general word, but remar is sound. And I'm trying to get you to distinguish between noise and sound. Listen for the sound within the noise and get the right sound, and it will reshape the whole of your life. We live in a noisy world. But belief is not faith. Belief can actually thrive while faith is suppressed. So I don't know how many of you believe... And how many of you actually have faith? I don't know how many of you believe in God but don't have faith in God or the faith of God. I don't know how many of you believe in Jesus but don't have faith in the Christ. See, our shape will give it away. And that's why this great statement by Alan Watts, I think, helps us to understand this. And I'm going to run you through this just to finish off my talk today. Belief, as I use the word here, says Alan Watts, is the insistence that the truth is what one would leaf or wish it to be. Do you get the, how the word's made up of two words? Be, leaf. It's something we want to be true, but that doesn't make it true because we want it to be true. And the difference is there are lots of things we want to be true, but that's the root of belief, and belief does not make a thing true. There's a big struggle going on right now in the whole COVID-19 debate because belief doesn't make a thing true. And that's not pushing one side or the other. It's saying we all have to be careful that be leaf, the leaf that we want to get hold of and be doesn't necessarily make a thing the truth that we would want it to be. The believer will open his mind to the truth on condition that it fits in with his preconceived ideas and wishes. The believer will open his mind to the truth on condition. See, that's what belief does. Belief actually is more determined by the conditions that we place upon it, which is why we're all more comfortable with some beliefs than we are with others because we've put conditions on what it is. So, oh, I absolutely believe that. Why? Because it meets the conditions that we set. That's got nothing to do with hearing 
truth. It's got everything to do with Logos and nothing to do with Ramah. And that's what I'm trying to shift you from today. Faith, on the other hand, is an unreserved opening of the mind to truth. That's the scary thing. Whatever it may turn out to be. I have been in crisis for years over my belief, but not over my faith. And my beliefs bother me, and I struggle with them every day, because as I move more and more into faith of the rhema, the real sound that's all around me, coming from heaven, coming from God, coming from all things, that in essence is what the Bible's trying to explain as the Christ, it disturbs my belief because I realize even in me you might think holy, holy guy who does the preaching. This believer will open his mind to truth on condition that it fits with his preconceived ideas and wishes. And moving away from that is very uncomfortable and trying to move a church from that is frightening and gives me nightmares. Because I know how to work you with belief. But I'm trying to free you with faith. And those that make it will fly. Those that don't will find another cave and go back in the cave and will not leave the cave because the belief will be if we leave this cave, we will die. Well, you'll never fly. Faith, on the other hand, is an unreserved opening of the mind to the truth. Whatever it may turn out to be, that's not godless, that's godly. Faith has no preconceptions. It's a plunge into the unknown. Belief clings, but faith lets go. See, that's why we prefer belief. Because belief allows us to cling. But faith lets go. But it's faith that releases us to where the sand takes a different shape. To where the smile comes on our face because we for the first time heard a different sound and now we're no longer deaf but we can make sense of everything. This is where this goes. I love the fact that Alan wrote that in a book called The Wisdom of Insecurity. One other thing that Alan Watts says, to have faith is to trust yourself to the water. He uses this analogy. When you swim, you don't grab hold of the water. I thought, this is so simple and yet so true. If you fall in the water, do you try to grab hold of the water to stay above the water? How many of you know that's just foolishness and stupidity? But how many times when we fall into the water, are we trying to grab the water in order to keep us above the water? To have faith is to trust yourself to the water. When you swim, you don't grab hold of the water because if you do, you'll sink and drown. Instead, you relax and float. You see, the difference between faith and belief, belief will grab for the water, faith will relax and float. I'm asking you in all the confusion of all that we've become because some of you walked a long journey with me and you think, what the hell? And I seriously mean that. That's how difficult it is for some of you that you need to learn to relax and float. And it's not easy. You want to grab onto something. The cave is such a safe place. But we've got to relax 
and float. And that's, to me, the whole message of the Christ is calling us that says, okay, in his terms, all you people bound in the, in the constrictions of the religion that you have manipulated by your own means, I want you to let it go and relax and float. And you will find when you do that, you'll hear the sound. It will change the shape. And you'll find the joy. Hearing the right sounds somehow seems to empower us to write our own story, rewrite our own story, which is just another way of describing sound on sand. So you stand now on the edge. Will you fly into tomorrow or run back into the safety of the cave? Isn't it interesting... It is to me, the tomb of Jesus was a cave cut into the rock to keep what it had. But it would appear that three days in a cave is more than enough for anyone. Bring that resurrection story, three days in a cave is quite enough for anyone, it's the call of the Christ to say, you don't have to be there in the cave. Hear the sound. Let it reshape your life and come out to this place of faith rather than the place of belief. So we're going out this week with the great song that I think of last weekend. Brand new day. I appreciate the guys, I appreciate the work these guys put in, you know, when all of us are not here, they're here, and when you're all still cleaning your teeth and getting your shower Sunday mornings, they're here getting things ready for you, and I appreciate them, and I want to remind you, Q Church, of something we instituted many years ago, it does not go without saying, that is a vile term, that, well, well, it goes without saying, the old story of the Husband whose wife said, you never tell me that you love me. He said, well, the day we got married, I told you, and if anything changes, I'll let you know. How many of you know that's not enough for humanity? It's not enough for us. It's not enough for community. Never hold the phrase, oh, well, it goes without saying that. It doesn't go without saying. It needs to be said because when you say it, you lift people's spirits because that's also a sound. And when that sound touches sand, it does something to the sand. And we all get better and feel better and receive better because we did that. Another word is encouragement. So I'm just saying that to encourage you to appreciate the guys here. Uh, even the unseen ones as well, like our Phil and Robert and, and, and Joe. And all these guys who put in the effort, you know, here when you're not here, it's wonderful. They all create a sound, but when you create a sound for them, you'll change something in them. We need to do that for each other, because this works like, as in heaven, so in earth, but as in you, so in everybody else is the way that it should be. So I love you, I bless you, and I pray that what we've said today will help you to embrace a place of faith where you will see that it produces a brand new day. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.